Folks, you are listening to On the Edge with K.A. Owens. I'm K.A. Owens, and we are broadcasting from the top of the Habern Building in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, this is Forward Radio, WFMP-LP Louisville. That's 106.5 FM on your radio dial. Now, if you go to the website, forwardradio.org, you can find out more about our station. And also, we're live streaming now. So you go to that website, click on a button, and you can listen to us anywhere in the city, anywhere in the county, anywhere in the state, anywhere in the country anywhere in the world. So, folks, again, this is On the Edge with K.A. Owens, and I'm K.A. Owens, and we've got Lisa Brooks here with us today. Say hello to the people, Lisa. Hey, K.A. Hey, listeners. Anywhere in the world. So, folks, you know, we're just coming off uh, uh, a few days away from uh, uh, Election Day, which uh, primary Election Day, which... uh, just passed, and of course now on this station, uh, uh, we, that is uh, the host or the radio station, we don't endorse candidates and we don't uh, endorse political parties, but we do discuss the issues. So but we have a variety of guests, and uh, just so happened that uh, when I was away uh, from the station, one of the things I do, I'm a poll worker, and I work the polls at the, at the at the Triple Crown Pavilion, and I met another poll worker, Lisa Brooks. She was working the polls with me. Uh, so, uh, 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 and uh, of course, now when we're at the polls, uh, you know, that when you s- sit at a table, uh, you have one Democrat and one Republican, and now they're letting let independents do it. So you're not supposed to do- get too heavy in the politics where you're working the polls because you're that way to prevent uh, strife and, uh, and or food fights. So, uh, uh, so, but now that we're away from the, uh, uh, the, the voting location, we can talk about the, more or less whatever we want to talk about, more or less. So, Lisa, what's your point of view on... Uh, this election season, uh, what you have seen, what you have heard, what you have read? Well, I'm first impressed by the turnout because people usually skip primaries or it's on the back burner or they're just, it's out of sight, out of mind. And um, we polled at about 21 to 22 percent at my home precinct on primary day, which is outstanding. Um, sometimes you don't get as high as eight or nine even during an election, uh, a general election. So that was great to see people coming out from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. So that's refreshing to see people participating in the process. Uh, More signs than I think I've seen in a long time. More candidates than I've seen in a long time. A Democrat, Republican, judicial, so forth and so on. I guess there are more judges on the slate because of the cycle. They're coming up for re-election. Um, but that was um, just an overwhelming presence of participation. Candidates, um, commercials, <laughs> which dominated the airwaves, rather than your general um, run-of-the-mill commercials it was mostly for political ads okay uh yes so of course we're here in the the great state of kentucky uh uh and uh so what what uh uh, what impressed you about the political scene uh that you're looking at now um i like all of the candidates who um they're talking about really people who are branded as the left or radical 
Uh, they are not, to me, radical. They may be left-leaning, uh, but the subjects of social justice, um, access to, let's say, let's access to health care, food, uh, housing, um, I don't see that as radical. I think most people uh, would agree, uh, come together on that. Um, everyone, I think, has a right to health care. They have the right to be comfortable. Uh, they have to have a. They have a right to have a roof over their head, and they have a right to be healthy. Um, what's wrong with that? Gee, Absolutely. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Well, it's just uh, the definitions that people use uh, have almost become obsolete. That is, there's nothing really conservative about today's Republican Party. And there's some elements of today's Democratic Party that aren't particularly uh, progressive or liberal. So... uh, a lot of things that today's Republican Party uh, has chosen to weaponize are not things that uh, had been weaponized 20 or, or 30 years ago. That is, it's not the party of Ike Eisenhower. Oh, absolutely no, not at all. I think he's rolling in his grave. Exactly. Uh, even Richard Nixon, probably, with all his faults. Um, yeah, I agree. So sure, I mean Richard Nixon. Uh, I mean, uh, I mean people who talk about it. Richard Nixon, uh, more progressive in some ways than than Clinton, as I said. I mean, uh, I mean the Democratic Party sort of went to a sort of deregulatory, laissez-faire sort of. We like the free market, uh, but we're okay with the blacks, the gays. Uh, Muslims and Mexicans and so on and so forth. In other words, uh, we support a woman's right to choose, but we have uh, uh, we support a free market, laissez-faire mm-hmm. uh, economy. Uh, and so essentially the business community sort of had a, a party in its left pocket and a party in, in its <laughs> right pocket. Right. And the, the difference was that the, uh, a lot of elements of the Republican Party don't have any tolerance for a woman's right to choose or uh, or uh, blacks or gays or brown folk or Muslims or, or people who are different than sort of a imaginary America that never really existed. Well, I, I call it making the world safe for 1952. Yes, 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 yes. So, uh, so that's kind of uh, the definitions don't really match up to any kind of reality. So, um, so the conservatives want to conserve system that ne- something that never really existed, uh, uh, and uh, well, I I just think it reflects a complacency. I think it's easy to be complacent. It is not easy to be proactive. It's not easy to um, actively. Um, you know, we could all get along if we all love our neighbor, but that takes work. Um, and what I see, and, and on the Democrat side, per se, of the people in power, a lot of complacency as well. When you talk about the laissez-faire economy, to me, that's kind of capitalism, but it's not on a level playing field. It's with um, a lot of deregulation. Well, we need some regulation, because if you don't, then uh, we've shifted 
what is it, 1% of the population has 90% of the wealth or exactly. something like that. I mean, we've, and, and people keep looking around and they're saying we're turning into a third world country. Exactly. Um, and exactly. I don't disagree with that. With the inequality and, uh, you know, even when uh, uh, Obama took over, I mean, the big banks had sort of colluded to rip the bottom out of the economy. And uh, they, they couldn't be punished. They couldn't be regulated uh, for some mysterious reasons, as like it would hurt the world economy if Chase Bank were broken up into two banks. Mm-hmm, exactly. It, like it would hurt if Wells Fargo, which is one of the biggest offenders of banks, mm-hmm. uh, not only during the subprime mortgage crisis, but beyond that uh, in its treatment of, of customers, just ordinary Customers. Oh yeah, uh, it it would hurt uh, America to have Wells Fargo broken up into two banks. <laughs> now Wells Fargo could America would be better off if uh, if Wells Fargo were broken up into five banks, right? And with different boards of directors, uh, uh, different headquarters, and uh, hopefully a somewhat different agenda. Well, I worked in mortgage banking once, and the bank that I started out with got gobbled up by yet another bank. And then at the end, it was gobbled up by yet another bank. And each time it was gobbled up, we had more accounts to be serviced per rep. Um, And we were all on a quota basis. And um, I was convinced that somewhere in that building, Mr. Potter from It's a Wonderful Life was was probably calling the shots. It was uh, cutthroat, doggy dog, uh, no consideration whatsoever for the client, the customer, and... Gosh, uh, just using other people's money for their own ends. And it was a very dirty business, and I, I walked out of there before I had a nervous breakdown, but it really opened my eyes. It was kind of the wild, wild west. No rules, um, no oversight, no nothing. It was just um, the bigger banks gobbled up the little banks, and the big banks have they run the show. So, folks, we're broadcasting from Louisville, Kentucky in, uh, in 2022, but some of you listeners might be surprised to know that not too long ago uh, in Kentucky, uh, there were only Kentucky banks. Not too long ago. Uh, and so as soon as the, the big banks started putting a few dollars in the pockets of the state legislators, they... they uh, they changed the law, and as soon as they did, the the, the Kentucky re- registered banks that that held my little accounts, they were all purchased by big out-of-state banks. Mm-hmm. That was a prerogative of the John Y. Brown administration with interstate banking. He made that, he fast-tracked that. What was that, the late 80s, early 90s, about that time? Something like so that. So if you own bank stock, that was a good time to own bank stock because they just the stock split and split. Oh, so but for, how many people <laughs> owned bank stocks? Exactly. Yeah. So for those of you who don't remember, John Y. Brown was one of the governors of Kentucky back when we you could only be governor for one term, and John Y. Brown is famous for the person who sort of took over Kentucky Fried Chicken from Colonel Sanders and sort of made it into the worldwide. Uh, uh, entity that it is now. That's that's John Y. Brown. Right. 
So, and he also at one time uh, owned an ABA basketball team mm-hmm. called can, the Kentucky Colonels. Absolutely. And so, I, I know one Dan thing. Dan Artis Gilmore. Yes, indeed. Sweet little point guard by the name of Mr. Uh, George Tensley well, from Kentucky Wesleyan. <laughs> there you go. Division two champions. Yep. So there go Panthers. You go. <laughs> uh, of the American Basketball Association, which uh, brought us the uh, red, white, and blue basketball and the three-point line. Yep, right. And so without the three-point line, a lot of your smaller players in the NBA today wouldn't be able to, uh, uh, you know, survive and, and also kind of jimmy up the record books, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, because, uh, you know, would everybody's total points records uh, – have been busted if you uh, I would like to see them to have two lists have the total points list and a list where everybody's shot just counts as two <laughs> so I don't believe that Oscar's records or Wilt Chamberlain's records uh, I, I found it hard to be anybody that anybody's records would really be broken when you take out the three point shot but uh, so uh, can't be in Kentucky and not get a basketball reference it's, well, it's, it's in the blood there you go <laughs> So uh, uh, here we are. Uh, well, but we still got a general election in November. Yes, we do. And yes, we do. So we had some surprising, uh, you know. Uh, well, one in Kentucky, what's going on uh, since in the state uh, uh, legislature is Republican dominated. So you have the right, the right. And the ultra right, mm-hmm. and so all the battles out in the state are between the right, the right, and the ultra right. Right. And then uh, in Louisville, how would you describe the situation? Oh gosh! Oh, by the um, way, folks, we're listening. Louisville is the biggest city in the state of Kentucky. Yeah, it's uh, Louisville is not Kentucky, and Kentucky is not Louisville per se. Um, Louisville, we've had lots of growing pains these past few years, and I don't think we've had the leadership capable of, of addressing those growing pains per se. Um, we need strong leadership and uh, because these are extraordinary times. They really are. And we can no long we can no longer have like the Ninth Street divide, what I call um, I've always thought of it as a part of apartheid keeps a certain segment of the population west of a divide. They're out of sight, out of mind, the people who live on a certain area. Well, guess what? (laughs) No more, Uh, especially in the age of social media. There are no secrets. There are no boundaries. Uh, Everybody is going to be held to account for good, bad, or indifferent, and we need uh, a leader who's going to get up, get out, meet the people, listen to the people, and act accordingly. And again, it's just about basic human needs that I think most people can agree on. Um, Now you have the, when you say the ultra-right and the right, they are becoming a house divided, and I think that's going to be counterproductive to their ends. Not that I um, wouldn't like to see that, but my gosh, um, they're kind of splitting, or they have, w- within the right. So, um, I think there, at the end of the day, uh, there are more people, and it sounds cliche, but I think there are more people who will agree upon things than there are people who disagree uh, about basic 
um, needs, not only just in Louisville, but the country. You just talk to anybody. And when I got involved with primaries, um, I was an alternate, and a friend that I made, she was a Republican, and she sponsored me to become a permanent worker, and she and I got along famously. All of the people that I have worked with... um, Republican, Democrat, we all get along, and we're there to do a job, and I've never had a better time uh, doing something outside myself, outside my home, outside my family, getting up, getting out, and developing an interest and taking part, and it's all about participation. And I have no patience for people who, um, again, right or left, who uh, question the security of the process, because if they knew all of the steps that we go through um, at the beginning of the day, throughout the day, and the end of the day, if they participated just as a simple little uh, poll worker like myself uh, and what KA did, uh, I think they would be pleasantly surprised. It's hard work. It's hard work being there at 5.15 a.m. and not getting out until 7 because you, you're p.m. Yeah, that's a long day. And uh, sometimes you run off your feet. Other times there are lulls. But it's hard work. But democracy is hard. Nobody ever said it. It isn't. And uh, I always had that little tick in my head about, you know, when you're a kid. I don't know if they still teach civics in school or just about that participation. About at some point just stepping up and doing something. Um, Even if it's not working at a poll, just working with somebody a campaign of a candidate that you respect and whose issues you would like to put forward and trying to help that person, you know, get over and um, be elected, hopefully. Again, it's but it's hard work. You get a lot of doors closed in your face, and some sometimes people take uh, exception to your position. Um, maybe it's somebody right next door to you, but you, you stand your ground and, and you just you, you go out and do it. And a lot of people say, well, it doesn't matter anyway. Uh, why waste your time? Well, I disagree. I think it does matter. If not, just to give you a little peace of mind that there is goodwill uh, among people. And uh, they're out there. People who are much more um, like yourself. I think it was Thomas Merton said, who said it's not until you reach out to people who are completely different than yourself, then you can truly move forward. And and, and I, I, I found that to be true. Just, well, uh, you know, I, working kind of, the polls, you know, yeah. uh, uh, I, I get along with the, the, the Republicans. Uh, 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 you know, while I'm there, I mean, uh, Every once in a while, they say Republican stuff like uh, yeah. shooting protesters. Oh, oh, I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear anything like that. <laughs> but uh, uh, and that's I said, not good. <laughs> well, you know, but uh, uh, what I said to my, to my seatmate was, "Look, I was at Six and Jefferson, uh, uh, you know, almost day in and day out, and I didn't, I didn't just didn't see anything that 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 required that or mandated that. I mean, there were good people there." Uh, you know, fighting for social justice as mm-hmm. they as they saw it. Uh, uh, so, uh, but I, I did say to my Republican seatmate at uh, Triple Crown that that uh, if you look at George, uh, that if you look at the George Floyd case and Derek Chauvin, uh, you know, I said, do you think Derek Chauvin was guilty? He said, yes. Uh, I said, well, 
the reason he got convicted was because the people in Minneapolis burned down the police station. Mm-hmm. If they hadn't burned down the police station, he would have been convicted. And then he said, well, I hate to believe that. Yeah. But uh, the reason Derek Chauvin got convicted, unlike so many other police officers who've been tried and acquitted for, for doing uh, uh, worse, <laughs> yeah. Uh, 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 if there could be any worse, mm-hmm. uh, 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 is because there were thousands and thousands of people protesting, not only in Minneapolis but all over the country. Mm-hmm. Because you had uh, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor kind of together. Yeah. So you had people protesting out in the street, and. Uh, uh, and so in, in the George Floyd case, people, you know, the, the family got some sort of satisfaction because uh, now, of course, uh, here in Louisville, uh, as far as Bre- Breonna Taylor, of course, the family got some money, but the police officers who are involved haven't been punished at all. I mean, they've been, uh, a couple of them have been fired. Uh, and it's funny when you sell them, they're trying to get their jobs back and you kind of wonder why, what's going yeah. on in their minds. I mean, from a, a, a personnel or from an employee smarter view, point of view, the smart move would have been for them, uh, if you've got 20 years in and you're a policeman, you get in trouble, uh, you want to resign right away to protect your pension. Yep. And then, if in other words, if you're in trouble and you got less than 20 years in, you want to resign to keep from getting fired. Because mm-hmm. if you get fired, it's, that looks makes your resume. It hurts mm-hmm. your resume. Mm-hmm. But if you resign and don't get convicted of anything criminally, you just lie low for a couple of years and then get hired on another police yes. department. Yes. And so, really, the mistake those Louisville police officers made was not not quitting instead of trying to mm-hmm. hang on when. Uh, uh, the ones that got fired, uh, uh, they should have quit. Well, uh, and, and there's just so much more than, I mean, uh, of course, the Breonna Taylor case is first and foremost, as it should be, because of the young lady who lost her life and and that tragedy. But you look at the other, um, what was the ride with the cop scout program which we haven't heard too much more oh, about. Oh, that's where the... Uh, and the overtime scandal. Yeah. Uh, the overtime scandal um, where there were six officers making more money than everybody else combined. And that's where the strong leadership comes in. And you, 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 there isn't any organization that's worth its salt that can't stand the light of day that you can come in as a mayor and clean house because, gosh, Louisville wants to be this and Louisville wants to be that. And we've always wanted to be bigger, better, bigger than what we are. We're a good town. We're, we've always have been uh, people. It's a nice place to live. Um, we lose a lot of our young people uh, who, who, can, who get out um, because we're, we're not the most forward or progressive. I, I think it's being stuck in a river valley. <laughs> Maybe things settle, settle in the valley and it takes a, it takes a storm to move things out sometimes. Uh, that's uh, just a metaphoric way of speaking, but um, gosh, LMPD, um, let's uh, let's bring it up to the 21st century here, 22 years into this century, uh, that we have these things that go on. So what she's referring to, there was a, once upon a time, not too long ago, there was an explorer, Boy Scout explorer program where uh, the police officers worked with youth who were interested in 
policing, and unfortunately, the police officers were uh, uh, sexually molesting the, the children. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's, and, uh, it's not, nothing funny about it, but no. the, the way it was uh, handled uh, confused a lot of people. Uh, that's I'm gonna put it that way. The way it was handled. Well, so oftentimes things just things just get brushed under the carpet. Uh, and you don't hear anything about it. It makes it, it it makes the newspaper for a day or two, and it drifts from the front page to the back. And really, I, I don't know of any forum. I guess there there are places that you could look it up, but what, what's really ever the outcome? Uh, because that that's a heinous crime. And and gosh, oh, it's, it's a oh, it's a heinous crime, but it's yeah. sort of betrayal if if you know officer friendlies molesting the mm-hmm. children. Yeah, in a in a Boy Scout Explorer program, right. I mean, what is that? I know. Yeah. So, uh, uh, and uh, if that's been going on for a period of years, I think one of the officers was in the program himself before he became, uh, uh, he started, became a police officer and started working with the program. So kind of what does that tell you about the way the program has been run? Yeah. Uh, if, if you have someone who was in it, uh then becomes a police officer and starts working with the program. Next thing you know, he's caught, uh, you know, molesting the children. So it kind of makes you wonder. It sometime. makes you wonder maybe had he, was he molested himself as a participant as and a child? And that's just the way the program was run. Yeah. It's like some other things that, that we, mm-hmm. you know. So, uh, so, uh, uh, so, uh, so we've got uh, a big, uh, uh, two federal elections coming up. Uh, you know, Booker running against uh, Rand. Oh gosh, that's going to be exciting. Paul and yeah, uh, and, it's already uh, exciting. It, it's I, I think it's neat that an African American candidate is running for national office. Um, that's cool. And I'm, some I'm, United yeah. States Senator he, he's from a very uh, mm-hmm. gosh, what's the word? Um, he has such good presence. He's such a friendly guy. He he's knowledgeable. He's smart. He's young. He's everything that you could want. Um, how that's going to play out in the state? I think it plays great in Louisville, but we'll see. Again, uh, it's difficult. I think for an African American candidate to, um, gosh, uh, I'm not trying to jinx anybody, but going out into the state, uh, Rand Paul. Um, don't get me started. Uh, I don't have any patience for him. I I just don't. Um, Odd, to call him odd, that would be charitable. He... um He's aberrant to me. His behavior doesn't make any sense uh, within my rational um, thought process. Um, But again, I see that, uh, not that he's just far right, but it's that uh, crazy... um, crazy opportunistic in some ways that he sees that there's votes out there if you're anti-mask and anti-vax and he's a medical doctor who has a legitimate medical degree from a real school yes and uh he's oh he questions the the value of masks and 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 vaccines and so that's uh that's what i'm talking about it's antithetical to his his education his background it's um Yes, how can you, uh, a supposed man of science, a doctor, yes, uh, anti-masker. Uh, vaccines have been around since um, Edward Jenner, 1789. Uh, they work. <laughs> it's it's known. 
about and thank God. I mean, thank God that we get a, got a vaccine as quickly as we did. Exactly. So uh, uh, now we know that a black candidate can win statewide because I, we had yeah, uh, Daniel have, yeah. Cameron, who was the first black That's attorney true. general Republican, but nobody knew who Daniel Cameron was. Uh, Mitch McConnell picked him out of nowhere mm-hmm. and said, this is my guy. Vote for him. And uh, the white folks, they voted for him. And he's the first black attorney general from Kentucky out of nowhere. Uh, well, we need to get everybody together and tell everybody that Charles Booker is our guy, my guy, anyway. Uh, not speaking on behalf of your radio station. Exactly. We don't endorse him. We don't no, endorse not, Yeah, but um, <laughs> it's going to take a lot of effort to overcome the, the Rand Paul. So, folks, again, uh, we don't endorse or support any political candidates or political parties, but we really enjoyed uh, talking to Lisa Brooks. Is that correct? <laughs> yes, Lisa right. Brooks. So thank you so much okay. for, for being thank on you. our show and sharing your views. And uh, uh, again, so this is On the Edge with K.A. Owens. I'm K.A. Owens, and uh, we will be back next week. <laughs>